Lloyd Jackson here. You're listening to the second episode of the Building the Future podcast, sponsored by the Mechanical Contractors Association, MCA Detroit. Every episode, we will be putting a spotlight on the union construction trades training programs and why it's the career path of the future. We talk with the decision makers in the community, the construction industry leaders, students, teachers, and school counselors that are helping grow this great career opportunity. With us today will be Chris Freeman. He is the CEO of MCA Detroit. Also, Laura Seha, who is a special representative for training and outreach with the United Association of Journeymen and Apprentices of the Plumbing and Pipe Fitting Industry. And Ray Boyd will be here as well. He's Assistant Director of Education and Training for United Association of Plumbers and Pipe Fitters. Today, we are learning about the instructor training program during Industry Day here at Washtenaw Community College. Industry Day is a chance for our partners to observe in person how UA trains our trainers, those dedicated and skilled individuals responsible for preparing the next generation of piping professionals you will be depending on for the decades to come. During this event, top apprentices were able to connect and learn about new high-tech industry tools, learn about new accreditation programs and certifications needed, and visit a mobile training facility that travels North America. Chris Freeman is here. He is the CEO of MCA Detroit. And Chris, it's great to see you. Thanks for being here. Thank you, sir. Pleasure to be here. Remind the listeners, if you could, about the Mechanical Contractors Association, MCA Detroit, and what you guys represent. Uh, We represent the plumbers and pipe fitter contractors uh, in the southeast Michigan area. So we have the five and a half counties all the way from the Thumb down to Monroe and from the river all the way to uh, Brighton, Michigan. So in that area, if you need highly skilled plumbers or pipe fitters, our contractors are the ones to call. And, and talk about this week and how this week is benefiting MCA. Well, as you've said, the number of people who have come here from all around the country learning the latest high-tech um, methods for installing the pipe that we work on, they are taking that information from everywhere and they will be bringing it back to our individual training centers. And then those instructors will be able to train our apprentices and do upgrade training for our journeymen so that we can maintain the high level of skill that customers expect from our contractors and our members. So what does it say that you have instructors from all over the country converging on Michigan to get this information, to get this training, to take back to their respective uh, places across the country? It says a lot for the college here because they're willing to work with us and the UA in order to put the program on. Uh, It's been here for, was it 69 years, I think I saw? So for a number of years, we've been, well, this I guess this is the 69th year that's taken place. It's been over 20 years that we've actually done the training here at Washtenaw. And they work well with us to uh, bring in equipment, the latest and greatest equipment, along with the methods, they allow us to basically take over the entire campus for this week. So the fact that we can provide all this training and then have it go around the country is absolutely amazing. It's a great benefit. It has to be a great benefit for the union construction trades. 
Yes, it is. Now, if someone would like to become a part of MCA, how would they go about doing that? I would recommend they start by contacting our office, going to our website, mcadetroit.org. Uh, by going there, you can see who we are, what we stand for, and have find the contact information to reach out to us and then talk to me or talk to one of our staff regarding the expectations that we have. You, you would need to sign a contract with either Local 98 or Local 636. And uh, we expect you to uh, then follow that contract and do high quality work, whether you know, safely and uh, with certain expectations so that you do, don't tarnish the reputation of the United Association or the MCAA. Safety, you brought up that word. That's a big deal as well. Safety is a huge word. Uh, some, there was a, our safety director in our office a couple weeks ago was telling me that uh, there's a study that came out regarding how much safer union employers are as opposed to the non-union employers. Uh, it, and it's, it's not that they don't want to be safe, but we really focus on training and making sure that people understand what are dangerous situations that they should avoid and if they find themselves in that situation, how they should respond appropriately. So looking at the registrants, about 1,900 people who have registered to be here. Now, are these all instructors? Who, who makes up the 1,900? The, the 1,900 are instructors from all around the United States, Canada, and we even have some instructors from Ireland and Australia because the United Association is an international organization that has worked out agreements with uh, whatever the organizations are in those two other countries that do the plumbing and pipe fitting. And, and see, that's another thing, too, that, that I love about this because once you, you know, if you're an apprentice and you become a journeyman, you go through the, the training and all that, you can take this anywhere. This is a skill you can take anywhere. Once you graduate the apprenticeship program, you are called a journeyman. And that means you can take those skills and travel anywhere in the world. We had one of our contractors who told me that once they graduated the apprenticeship, they were over in Saudi Arabia running crews of people who were from all over the world. He had to work with translators to direct the crew in order to get the project built. Wow. Now... That, that's amazing. That's why it's, it's such a great career choice. Now, I want to talk to you about, because it's, it's not just construction, I'm sure. I mean, in, in other um, uh, places of business and companies, there's a lot of talk nowadays about diversity and equity and inclusion in the industry. And I'm sure that's something that you guys deal with, too. I mean, when you think about construction, a lot of times people just think, well, it's just men. But women are involved in this as well. We have many initiatives trying to increase our diversity. There is a group called WEMI, Women in the Mechanical Industry, that MCAA has started, where we're attempting to reach out to young women and explain that, you know, with a lot of the tools nowadays, uh, granted, back in the past, this was a male-dominated uh, industry, and even today it's male-dominated, but we're reaching out to more women because with the tools that we have, it's making it easier. Plus, instead of carrying four-inch stainless steel pipe, 
maybe you have PVC. PVC is much lighter. So the fact that um, in general women may not be as strong as men is no longer a factor. We've got tools nowadays that allow you to, you know, torque wrenches and things like that allow women to uh, tighten a bolt just as much as a man, man can. So with, along with the WEMI, uh, we have a program that we've worked out with the city of Detroit called the STEP program. Mm -hmm. And that program states that we're going to bring in 25% uh, Detroit residents into our apprenticeship program. So um, we have many initiatives that we're attempting to increase our diversity throughout the industry. And what about those uh, returning individuals, people who may be coming military? from a military or even maybe coming from prison, who come out and need a a, a job, want to change their life. Uh, on the on the military aspect, uh, there is, in fact, uh, if you the grab bags that the their UA is providing today, you'll see the initials VIP. It's veterans in pipe fitting or veterans in plumbing. Wow. We we love military individuals because they they can. They've been taught to listen, to be leaders, to take direction, and they do a great job coming into our program, especially uh, certain individuals are taught special skills, underwater welding. Now, I will say Whoa. we don't do that a lot in our industry, but if you can weld underwater... Now that's that, a specialty. <laughs> that is a specialty. <laughs> that if you can learn that, uh, then you can learn welding. Chris Freeman, uh, CEO of MCA Detroit, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for all your information and uh, looking forward to uh, more great things with MCA. Today we're learning about the instructor training program during Industry Day at Washtenaw Community College. The United Association of Journeymen and Apprentices of the Plumbing and Pipe Fitting Industry of the United States, UA, represents approximately 355,000 plumbers, pipe fitters, sprinkler fitters, HVAC service technicians, welders, and pipeliners working in the construction industry throughout North America. And with me to talk more about that is Laura Seha, who is uh, the Special Representative for Training and Outreach with the United Association of Journeymen and Apprentices of the Plumbing and Pipe Fitting Industry. She's being joined by Raymond Boyd, who is the Assistant Director of Education and Training for United Association of Plumbers and Pipe Fitters. Thank you both for being here. Appreciate it. Um, Laura, let me start with you. Uh, talk to me more about uh, UA. What is it? How did it get started? And how do you help someone who wants to be part of this industry? Well, thank you, Lloyd. Thank you for having me. Uh, the United Association is an international building trade union. It was founded in the late 1800s, 1889, October 11th, 1889 to be exact. Um, what we are is a union of Plumbers, pipe fitters, sprinkler fitters, HVACR, service technicians, and welders. And we encompass uh, over 274 building trades unions across the United States and Canada. We have close to 300 training centers where we train, promote, and put our members to work. And, and talk about uh, what's happening here this week at Washington Community College. What's happening here this week is we have about 2,000 of those instructors from those training centers here to take continuing education classes. They're get, earning their certifications. 
they're also earning, some of them earn an AA degree by attending this program. It's a train the trainer. We also have a, a new program we've offered this year where we have 120 future, future instructors that are still apprentices. They're here to learn how this training program works, how to become future instructors, and attend today, this afternoon, attend and see some of the classes that we offer at Instructor Training Program. Ray, I, I want to uh, ask you about, you know, recruiting in, in the UA and, and just the different career paths that are available. Mm -hmm. So, Lloyd, again, thank you for having us this morning. Um, you were actually speaking to our recruitment and outreach coordinator, Ms. Seha, so that's more in her wheelhouse, but I know exactly what the UA has as a model of recruitment. One of the things that we're really trying to do that we didn't focus on for a long time was go to the underserved communities. And when you start to talk about some of the things where we're trying to bring more women and people of color into our organization, we've been around for 133 years. But our organization is trying to become more diverse and more inclusive and not only focus on the traditional avenues where we find our candidates and, and where we recruit our candidates, but we're going into those underserved communities and giving opportunities and making sure that people know about the United Association, letting communities know that we're there. Um, one of the things that General, um, General President McManus says is we need to start to look like our communities that we serve, the communities that we're working in. And the United Association covers a broad spectrum of work from hospitals and universities, to residential, to service work, and we're in all of those areas where there are people of color and there are women that never get an opportunity to get on these construction projects and never get an opportunity at some of these things. So that's one of the biggest things that Laura does for the United Association and the ITF as she travels the country and spreads that message on recruitment and making sure that we are out there in the forefront, opening up the doors for other people to come in. And when you talk about underserved uh, community and you talk about people of color, I'm sure there are people in urban areas who are very good with their hands, who are the, the, the fix-it people in their homes, and they, and they don't know about a career path such as this that can really, really take them on another level, help them provide for their families, get a home, 401, benefits. They don't know all this. Still using their hands, but doing it in such a way where they can take care of a family. I hear that all the time, Lloyd. How, why did I never know about this career? Why was I never told by my school counselor? And we at the United Association were partnering with NABTU, North America's Building Trades Unions, to attend the School Counselor Association. We met with 5,000 school counselors. And what I do, when I started with the UA as a National Recruitment and Outreach Coordinator in 2017, I helped support the training directors throughout the United States with the information, how to contact the school counselors, how to do that outreach. And I've seen it grow over the past almost six years where school counselors are on board. They're starting to realize that college isn't the best or only path for their students. As a matter of fact, this last School Counselors Association conference, one of our UA ambassadors, a young lady, a young tradeswoman, Alicia, who is um, Hispanic 
and her school counselor saw her at this conference representing the UA internationally and was so proud of her because her school counselor actually encouraged her to find a trade and work with her hands. Wow. Ray, you know, she brought up, Laura brought up uh, the fact that, you know, college is not for everyone. And, you know, you, you're in school. A lot of these kids, they don't know what they want to do. They're seniors. They don't know whether they want to go to college uh, or not. Some may not be able to go to college for whatever reason. This is a pathway that can take you where you're probably, you know, in the end, you might be making as much as somebody who has a degree or more. Absolutely. Um, that is well said. One of the things that we pride ourselves on is that there's no tuition after you finish our five-year program. So the only thing really that has to happen, and this is something that I'm passionate about, and I know Ms. Seha is passionate about, again, is going to places where we traditionally haven't gone before. And that's deep into the community because these opportunities are so valuable in changing someone's life and offering them an opportunity at the middle class and like you said can open up a pathway to more than just more than just benefiting you but it benefits the family it shows you how to build wealth it shows you how to bring your family along one of the things that that we are so proud of is that when you go to a school counselor's conference and one of the teachers or counselors there sees one of their students representing the United Association and says, you know, I did the right thing by telling her. <laughs> Those are the things that we're looking for. Um, and I know you have some notes now. We started a new program yeah. this year with the future instructors. And it was a program that I had thought about a while back, maybe about four years ago, and I said, We've been here for 33 years at Washington Community College, so we know how to train, mm -hmm. we know how to re recruit and draw people in. I said, but why are we hiding this from our apprentices? I said, they need to see this, even though the program is designed as a train-the-trainer, mm -hmm. which is great because our instructors need to come back, get their batteries recharged That's right. to start the, the new technology and the new things. Exactly. Yes. So we started talking and we said, why don't we just allow local unions to send an apprentice that's going to be the future. If we're not grooming the future right now, then we're not going to be ready for the future. Because somebody's going to have to teach exactly. later down the line exactly. once these guys retire exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Right? And the general president gave us an opportunity to do that. This is our first year. We have 120 future instructors here. They're fourth and fifth year apprentices. They are super excited. And it's amazing to see where the future is and how their minds work different than a 32-year member like myself, <laughs> exactly. how their minds work yeah. in the industry. And it's so exciting just to see how their batteries are charged. And I mentioned something to that group that's in there. And I said, you know, I've been with them all week now. And I said, you've actually charged my battery. See, again. exactly. You've actually charged my battery yes. to want to do better and to make sure that we are providing the opportunities for you to be successful to bring more people into the organization. You know, we hear so much, and I've heard so much, uh, about uh, the president, uh, President Biden, and people wanting him to cancel student loans and those things. You said something, one of you said something about the no, no, tuition. no tuition, you know, and that is, uh, that is just amazing that, you know, once a person goes through this program, it's not, they don't have that debt hanging over their heads. So for a young person who, who's completed our program, 
they earn 45 college credits, and some of our union locals and training centers are full AA granting institutions. You could attend the instructor training program, you can transfer all your credits to earn a bachelor's or a master's degree, and the UA is all about education, continuing education at zero cost to the member for life, the life of a member. So if you have technology is changing, our journeymen have to come back to the training center, get journeyman upgrade training, and all of that is at no cost. Welding training, zero cost. We're not like a two or four degree grant, four year degree granted university. We are for the life of the member. And when I'm talking with these school counselors and teachers and telling them my path, 25 years at the UA, earning my bachelor's and master's degrees, they look at me like I have three heads. <laughs> like I, they tell me I'm still paying off my my college tuition. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm wondering too. A lot of these counselors from these uh, high schools, do they ever get to come in and kind of see what you guys do? Get kind of a firsthand look, so they can go back and tell their, tell their students what they see. Absolutely. Yes, we open our doors. We also during the pandemic. Um, during the shutdowns, we actually gave school counselors, teachers, virtual tours. We have many oh. of our training centers that we have virtual maps, and we can fly them in, walk them around. They are completely amazed at the technology and ability we have with these multi-million dollar training centers. They don't understand until they walk through those doors firsthand how much training we provide. How big is safety uh, when you're I know safety is big on these jobs, but there's training involved, too, where you have to have that mindset of safety and everything has to be precise. You, you know, one thing can kind of start a domino effect and be a problem if the safety's not there. Safety is one of the things that we really take serious at the United Association. When we bring our apprentices in, the first thing that they have to go through is a safety course before they ever step foot on a construction project. They have to... Um, obtain their 10-hour OSHA safety course. And by the time they graduate after their five years, they have to be 30-hour OSHA certified. So we take safety seriously. One of the things that we're really concerned about, Floyd, is the fact that not only do our members show up on the job, but they make it home. And that's the number one thing. Construction is a dangerous area for a lot of people. The sure. more we can train when it comes to safety, we know that we can get our members back home and those other members that aren't a part of the United Association but are on that job site yeah. can know that they're working with people that have been trained properly, can handle the equipment, know exactly what's going on when you're working around a lot of high voltage and you're working in trenching areas and things like that. Mm -hmm. Construction jobs move a lot quicker than what people think. Mm -hmm. Until you're on a construction site, it's constantly there's moving pieces. So pride ourselves on safety to the utmost. That's one of the number one things that the general president and we pride ourselves on here at the ITF is safety, safety, safety. Uh, uh, before we get out of here, I just want to ask about UA and, uh, and giving back to the community and how does the UA participate in giving back to the community? Laura, is that something you want to talk about? Some of the things the United Association does to give back to the community as a whole, both locally and nationally, we do not shout it out enough. We do not toot our own horn as much as we should. 
with water quality. You know, all our local volunteers for Flint, Michigan, with the different water crises, the, the hurricane relief, the heats on programs, just going around, you know, people who might be disabled or older, making sure their heat's on properly and safely. All of our local unions are involved in one way or another in helping their local communities nationally. So, but we just don't advertise it as much as we should. And if I could just say something yes, on right. that note, one of the projects that we're extremely proud about is going into the Navajo Nation. And um, Director of Plumbing, Tom Bigley, looked at this and we were kind of wondering, how can we help this particular community get clean drinking water and proper disposal of sanitation? Mm -hmm. We started to realize that they didn't have that there. So once we went to the Navajo Nation and saw their needs, we decided to develop what they call wash stations. And we had our local unions around oh, wow. the country foot the bill for this, pay for all of the material, build these wash stations where they could have, and they it's a 250-gallon tank that holds potable water that at least they can wash with and they can have water in their homes, different things like that. And we are super proud of that particular program. Um, we worked hand-in-hand -hand with the I Wish Foundation. We came up with all of the material. We used our UA craftsmanship. We built these things. We shipped them out there. And it's something that we're proud of. And that's just another way that the UA gives back and helps. I mean, it just seems to me, you know, you guys, uh, it's just really a brotherhood and a sisterhood. It really is. Absolutely. All right. Ray Boyd is the Assistant Director of Education and Training for the United Association of Plumbers and Pipe Fitters. And Laura Seha is a Special Representative for Training and Outreach with the United Association of Journeymen and Apprentices of the Plumbing and Pipe Fitting Industries. Thank you so much for joining us here on this podcast. Appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. The Building the Future podcast sponsored by the Mechanical Contractors Association, MCA. And today we're learning about the instructor training program during Industry Day at Washtenaw Community College. Here with me now, Jennifer Barborka. She's an apprentice and she's come all the way from Houston, Texas to uh, be part of the Future Instructor program. And Jennifer, it's great to see you. Boy, a long way. They do everything big in Texas. Yes, sir, they do. Thank you, Lloyd, for having me. I'm actually from Austin, Texas, mm -hmm. so a little farther out, but I'm just happy to be here. I want to start with how did you decide you wanted to even get into this industry? What was it that spurred you to say, hey, I think I want to do this? Well, um, I'm one of the older apprentices. I actually have three kids, and my youngest was already in school. She's about to go into middle school and I needed to come out from part-time work and I really wanted to do some full-time work and I was looking around trying to figure out what I wanted to do and I found plumbing and honestly the neatest thing I, I, I learned about that was I was literally building things with fire. Okay. <laughs> so is that something that you know that you've kind of been fascinated with or thought about in the past before you started this? Well, I've always been good with building with my hands. Um, and it just, it was something that was really interesting to me because it's not something that everyone can do. I mean, everyone can do it, um, but it takes a lot it's of a knowledge. It's a special skill. It, it is. is. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a skilled trade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so you're thinking... Uh, along the way that maybe uh, 
being a teacher might be something you want to do to teach this. Oh, absolutely. We are a teaching trade. Um, our skills don't get passed on unless we pass them on. So, yeah, no, that's absolutely one of my goals. Um, and so tell me, are, are there things that you're working on right now as far as in a, being an apprentice? Are there jobs that you're working on? Or are you still being trained? How does, how does that work? Oh, no, I'm, I'm absolutely working. Uh, we all work full-time um, for our contractors. Uh, currently, I'm at a the, the company that we are working for. We're building a whole water treatment facility uh, for a company that produces IV bags for hospitals. Oh, wow. So we, we do some pretty neat stuff. And, and you know, you're, um, as a woman, you know, were you intimidated by getting into this type of profession because so dominated by men? I know more women and people of color are starting to get into this more now, but were you intimidated any? I wasn't, um, but I know who I am. I know what I want to do. Um, so I wasn't intimidated. It was a little off-putting. Well, I guess you could say intimidating, but it was a little off-putting when I show up on my first site, and it was a, it was a huge hospital. Mm-hmm. We're building this hospital up, and I was the only female there. That was it. Was weird, but uh, ultimately, a really good experience. And, and I'm sure you, you continue to get the respect of your brothers and sisters in the business. Oh, absolutely. No, that, that is the one thing that I really do love about the UA is I'm an equal here. There's no, oh, well, it's just another girl. Oh, it's just some young guy. Oh, it's just some old dude. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's we're all brothers and sisters. We are equal. We have equal training. We have equal opportunities. It's, it's a really special place in that respect. Um, uh, sitting here joining us once again is Laura Seha, who is a special representative for training and outreach with the United Association of Journeymen and Apprentices for Plumbing and Pipe Fitting Industry. Also here is Raymond Boyd, who is the Assistant Director of Education and Training for the United Association of Plumbers and Pipe Fitters. And, and guys, you know, you're listening to this story from Jennifer. I'm sure this is just one of many that you've heard that are similar to Jennifer's story about how they got into this business and what it means to them. Laura? Yeah, I'd like to, um, 25 years ago when I started, I was the only when I first walked onto the job site. And and the UA has done so much to support our local tradeswomen groups where we can meet. We partnered with MCAA and their organization, WIMI, to actually bring that support that you know, we're the small number of women. They support us in the um, Tradeswomen Build Nations Conference each year, mm-hmm. where I know we're we're being sending many delegates to this conference. Um, last time we met in person in 2019, we had uh, over 400 delegates, tradeswomen from across the country, come to this conference. So we do a lot of things to support our sisters in the trades. Right. I think when you talk about a like-minded experience, and I can relate exactly to um, the comments that were made, when I first started 32 years ago, um, there were a lot of times that I would go on a job site and be the only African-American there. Um, And the support that you get from your UA brothers transcends race. 
gender and all of those types of things. Not to say we can't get better. Of course. Obviously. Of course. We're still working towards those things. Sure. That's what's so exciting about some of the things that we're doing and some of the opportunities that we're getting. Um, 32 years ago, I'm not too sure how many women foremen you would see in the jobs or how many African-American foremen you would see in the jobs. But now, it's commonplace to go on a job and see a young lady or a woman or an African-American or any race running a job site or being the general foreman or actually being a project manager or actually even running running schools as a training director and coordinator. So that's the difference in this shift. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk in this future instructors program that we have that 120 people that are sitting in there right now, they don't necessarily know exactly where they're going to be. Right. They know they want to be a part of the United Association, but sure. we have so many tentacles that are so, so broad, you know, that you could go to a company and work just as their safety director and be doing some serious work that needs to be done, or you could go in on their training side. The one thing that we seriously promote is ownership. We need more people, more women, and more people of color actually taking that larger leap staying with the UA, but actually saying, I'm going to start my own company. Yeah. And this is going to give me the opportunity to employ and bring in more members. So that's another way. So I applaud Jennifer for being here. I applaud her for taking this class. I know we've had a lot of laughs so far this week and trying to figure it all out and seeing what we're doing right or wrong. But, you know, um, it, it, we are a brotherhood and a sisterhood that supports one. And Jennifer, you know, as they talk about brotherhood and sisterhood, and you have as well, uh, in the industry, how does your family feel about this and friends? You know, when you decided you wanted to go into something uh, like this, the construction trades, you know, what did they think about that? My husband thought it was the coolest thing in the world. (laughs) So, you know... My kids uh, were super supportive. In fact, actually, my oldest kid, he just joined our local. Oh, so, that's great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, really proud of him. That's great. Um, you know, some of my friends told me I should be an electrician. I told them they were nuts. Um, I love what I do. <laughs> so, you know, I overall, a pretty darn good support. I, a lot of my part-time work previously had been in the farming community. I worked with local farmers and... They were they were just stoked that I was going to learn how to weld so I could come out and help them. Oh wow, great! <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Jennifer uh, Barborka, thank you so much uh, for being here all the way from Texas, part of the Future Instructor Program. Once again, uh, Laura Seha and Raymond Boyd, thank you guys for sitting in on this as well. It's just been a great opportunity being here uh, at the uh, training program uh, this week here at the Washington Community College, and thank you for listening to the Building the Future podcast sponsored by the Mechanical Contractors Association, MCA Detroit. I'm Lloyd Jackson. We'll see you next time.